earlier this week, we spoke to Dr. Randeep Gill, who is organizing a rally with his fellow doctors and health uh, practitioners in Surrey for Saturday. Uh, doctors uh, have been arguing that there is a double standard when it comes to funding healthcare south of the Fraser, and that the region is suffering due to a lack of proactive planning and chronic underinvestment, especially in communities like Surrey. Now, earlier today, Health Minister Adrian Dix was meeting doctors and officials at Surrey Memorial Hospital to up- update them on uh, progress and addressing the challenges. They also spoke about the amount of British Columbians who are currently in emergency care. Uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix joins us now. Minister, thank you for speaking to us today. Hey, great to be on the show, Jeff. All right, well, let's talk first about Surrey. We'll get to the uh, the emergency uh, room issue uh, after that. But first and foremost, Surrey. Now, uh, in May, uh, emergency room doctors first spoke out on the conditions at Surrey Memorial Hospital. And as you know, there is a rally planned uh, tomorrow. What in your mind, or has anything changed at Surrey since those protests uh, in, in May? Well, as you know, and this really goes back a number of years, uh, there's been a very significant investment in healthcare in Surrey. Um, there was underinvestment in healthcare for uh, a decade before that under the cost of healthcare inflation. And Surrey paid the greatest price because the population was rising. So not only were they losing uh, ground on their current patient population, but their future needs weren't being met in that process. Uh, there had been a proposal for a second hospital in Surrey. That proposal, of course, led to the land being sold by the provincial government. And uh, that had serious consequences for Surrey. So we're planning a second hospital in Surrey. There'll be more uh, news about that next week. And that planning has taken a while. You have to find the land and do that. But all of that process is underway. Equally, Surrey did, and doctors in Surrey did an extraordinary job under really challenging circumstances in the pandemic. They did some of the best work in healthcare, I think, in the world, uh, the doctors that are working in Surrey. But coming out of that, we've seen an absolute surge in patients as we've gone through this fourth year since the COVID-19 pandemic, an absolute surge in patients. And that surge is felt most in the community with the fastest growing population in Surrey. In June, we, we uh, working together with doctors and nurses and healthcare workers in Surrey, health sciences professionals, we, um, we laid out 30 actions we were going to take to help address the situation at Surrey Memorial Hospital. There's been act- on each of those 30 points, there's been action. What do they include? A longstanding issue for cardiac uh, care doctors and nurses and everyone else in the community was a need for a cardiac catheterization lab in Surrey, and we are uh, making significant progress on that. That has been going on since that point. We're looking to have one in place in 18 months. Interventional radiology, improvements there, improvements in maternity, improvements in the emergency room, improvements in renal care, which is an area that doesn't get as high a profile, but is critically important in a community that has a growing chronic illness problem and has some real vulnerabilities of citizens. So we took, we announced 30 actions. There have been um, follow-through on each of those actions, and today I was meeting with doctors to um, to talk about what we were doing, how the progress was, how they were seeing that progress. In general, that was positive, although let's be clear, it is an immense challenge still in our healthcare system with really a very significant and growing patient population. And uh, and so it is not an easy time 
for health professionals in Surrey or anywhere else. Now, you were mentioning chronic underinvestment uh, under the, uh, I'm assuming, previous government, the BC Liberals. Uh, I do believe there was a significant expansion of the Surrey Memorial Hospital during their time. I believe there was a new hospital in Abbotsford uh, during their time. I'm not saying that's just going to, is responding to all of it. But one would argue the significant population increase. You're absolutely right. Uh, when you look, compare it to Vancouver with the Vancouver Hospital, St. Paul's, you have a Women's Hospital, Children's Hospital, the south of the Fraser, not just Surrey, but Delta, Abbotsford, Langley, Chilliwack, there's generally been, one would argue, chronic underinvestment, specifically with the significant increase in population that we're seeing seeing now. How do you turn that around without literally billions of dollars being spent? I mean, you would need a well, significant well, well, Jeff, Jeff, dollars first spent. Of all, first of all, billions of dollars will be spent, right? I mean, with the, in the case of Surrey, we're, we're doing the most significant increase in hospital capital projects in the province's history right now, in every part of the province. There are massive projects. We can talk about that perhaps at another time. Mm-hmm. But we're building a second, a second hospital in Surrey because, well, children's and women's are provincial hospitals, and they're situated in Vancouver. And if we were building them today, given where children, the ch- population of children were growing, we wouldn't be building in Vancouver. We'd be building them in Surrey, but they're there now. Right. Mm -hmm. And other projects like St. Paul's have been waiting a long time in their replacement projects. The only fully new project in British Columbia is in Surrey. And uh, that will be the second Surrey hospital. And uh, people in Surrey have waited a long time for that project. And uh, and they took action. You talked about where we were. I mean, on diagnostic uh, procedures, Surrey was so far below, below the national average. It was an embarrassment. In 2017, it was an embarrassment to the community. We've gone from 170,000 MRIs in BC in 2017 to 300,000. Where have they grown most? Surrey, because they were in the north and in Surrey, the least supported. So we've added MRI machines, operating our MRI machines much more frequently. That's a real example of where Surrey lost out. Surrey, in terms of seniors' care and seniors' housing, has typically been a younger community, the youngest in B.C., but that's changing. If you look at the next 14 years, uh, Jazz, through the 2037-38, there's going to be a 240% increase in people over 80 in Surrey and a 19% of people under 19 increase. A lot under 19, there's still significant demands there, but it is breathtaking, the increase in the number of older people in Surrey because, and they're not becoming an older community, they're returning to the provincial average in terms of population. So we've got to respond with long-term care. You talked about what the previous government did. 10 years, 10 years of spending, 07 to 17, they spent $17 million, 17.7 to be fair, in 10 years. That's 1.77 a year, right? We're spending more than $2 billion. That $2 billion, of course, will have less effect because we've got to make up for 10 years of what has to be described as negligence in an aging with a province with an aging population in that and that's a particular issue in Surrey because Surrey in the past has been a younger community that is going to going to have its share and more of elderly people in the coming decade. Let's touch on the broader issue, uh, of course, and right, right now that's emergency care in British Columbia. Generally, this is uh, a low point in the sense of amount of people who are in emergency care. It's not the flu season. But this year, for some reason, there are a lot more people using emergency care. Uh, do you have the numbers for that? Number two, why is that happening in your mind? Well, uh, two sets of things. So we're talking about acute care. So this is these are people who are sick enough, right, 
to be admitted to an acute care hospital. You've got to be pretty sick for that to be the case, yeah. right? I mean, uh, to be an admitted patient. Typically, this kind of time of year, we'd expect an overall patient census of around 9,100, 9,100, 9,200. That's what we'd expect. What we have today is 9,700. Through the summer, that patient population stayed high. In other words, we had respiratory illness levels of people in our hospitals during the summer period when there's typically fewer people in our hospitals, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened, if you want to know when the numbers spiked, they spiked uh, as we ended the COVID year 2022, um, we went into respiratory illness season, but the number of people in the hospital was growing at that time, and it just continued to stay high and grow, even as we went through respiratory illness season. So it peaked out at about 10,280 um, last January, but it has stayed high, right? And so essentially, that is a challenge. So in our, our healthcare system is doing more surgeries by far. August was a record August by far for surgeries in B.C., Record diagnostics, record number of people in the hospital, record primary care visits. But the demand is such that it feels like, uh, so our healthcare professionals' productivity and the delivery of the system for the money we spend on the system has been higher than ever. But the demand is so high that people feel legitimately, you talk to people in the system, a sense of, um, of sort of daily constant crisis and challenge. So in this case, there are currently about 9,700 people in BC or in emergency care, about 700 more than similar times in the past. Yeah. Um, we're not at the fall slash winter flu season yet. I mean, how concerned are you uh, and how much more space or you know slack do you have within the system to deal with this? Well, we, of course, um, last year, this is an example, it went up to about almost 10,300, right? Um, and that's a huge number. And so we took, as you'll remember, last year, I think, uh, made an announcement in January how we were going to mitigate that in the short run. So we have a plan that we're putting in place for this uh, acute care season because we're talking about acute people in acute care. This isn't just people going into the emergency room mm-hmm. visiting. This is the people who are actually admitted patients. And so we have a plan to prepare for that, uh, and we do every flu season. The difference this year and the reason why I think healthcare doctors and nurses and others are feeling so much strain is typically those months where you're not busy, uh, it's not restful. It's never restful. We're 24 7, 365, our healthcare system, right? But uh, at least there's a slight break. And this year, there is no break. There is just no break for anybody in the healthcare system. And so our healthcare staff has just been working nonstop now for, well, all the years of pandemic and all the things we're facing. So it is a challenge, and we're preparing for that challenge, absolutely, uh, for this fall. And you'll see and what it will require of us, amongst other things. As people, what can we do? Well, we need to, as we announce the vaccination plan mm-hmm. for the fall, people need to get vaccinated against COVID-19 again, and they have to do it. Vaccinated against the flu in our excellent flu vaccination campaign last year. I mean, excellent because of what people did, staff, but also the people choosing to get vaccinated, whether they be adults or children, made a real difference in that. So we need um, those vaccination campaigns to be successful. We'll obviously have to prepare other actions as required, and we got to prepare for the fall. We've had a plan in place that we've executed on the, all the years of COVID because in every year, it's been more difficult in the winter, and every year before that. But with COVID, every year is more difficult in the winter than it has been in the in the, in the spring and summer, 
What we can also expect within healthcare facilities, and Dr. Henry is looking at this right now, mm-hmm. is the possibility of a return within healthcare of a mask requirement within healthcare. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we, you know, that mask requirement has not been in place um, in um, recent months since April, but we're likely to see that. And Dr. Henry is considering that and looking at that issue right now in order to deal with um, uh, these issues of surge and re- respiratory illness. Minister, thank you for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Hey, you too. Take care. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.